The Holy Gospel according to John, the second chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. The Passover of the Jews was near, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. In the temple he found people selling cattle, sheep, and doves, and the money changers seated at their tables. Making a whip of cords, he drove all of them out of the temple, both the sheep and the cattle. He also poured out the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. He told those who were selling the doves, Take these things out of here. Stop making my father's house a marketplace. His disciples remembered that it was written, Zeal for your house will consume me. The Jews then said to him, What sign can you show us for doing this? Jesus answered them, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. The Jews then said, This temple has been under construction for 46 years, and you will raise it up in three days? But he was speaking of the temple of his body. After he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that what he had said, and they believed the scripture and the words that Jesus had spoken. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Dear friends in Christ, grace and peace to you from Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. In our reading from John today that Connie read just a few moments ago, Jesus discovers the temple has been turned from a place of worship into a marketplace that took advantage of the most vulnerable. It is a dramatic shift from the intimate setting just before where Jesus miraculously turns water into wine at the request of his mother at the wedding in Cana. Today's story of the cleansing of the temple is also found in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. But what is interesting here in John is that John moved this scene to the very beginning of his book rather than at the end. Now, historically, this story takes place during the last week of Jesus' life and could certainly serve as a possible explanation for his arrest. But by placing this scene at the beginning of his book, John is creating this deep sense of urgency in order to fulfill the purpose of his writing that all may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing in him, we may all have life in his name. So today, we find Jesus traveling to Jerusalem because of Passover. And like other devout Jews who are making that same trek, he goes to the temple. When he arrives, he encounters a scene that was not out of the ordinary, especially for a pilgrimage festival. Merchants selling animals for sacrifices and money changers exchanging coins. All of this made available so people could participate fully in the Passover. So when Jesus drives out the animals out of the temple, overturns the tables of the money changers, and demands an end to buying and selling, he is calling for an end of treating God's free gifts of love and mercy as a commercial commodity. He was pushing back at the religious leaders who were offering God and all of God's gifts for a price. 
a horrible abuse of power. So, in all the chaos, all the commotion of that moment, Jesus is saying, Jesus is insisting, this way of relating to God must end. It has to stop. For the past three years of his life, Jesus has been preaching, teaching, and healing. He has been inviting people in the world along the way to experience God's grace upon grace, love and mercy in and through him. Not through the brick and mortar of the temple, as had been done for generations before. Jesus was the way, the truth, and the life. Yet for so many people, they were not hearing what he was saying. They were not listening to his words. They were not hearing his voice. My family and I live in a neighborhood where the number of dogs is almost equivalent to the number of houses. Every night, just before bedtime, I take our dog, Rhea, outside for one last round of fetch to try and wear her out for the night. When it's time to go inside, she usually hears my voice and follows my command, okay, let's go inside, let's go to bed. I say usually. Because every so often, my voice gets drowned out in all the noise of one last backyard bark and howl chorus with all the dogs in the neighborhood proudly singing their part. Soprano, alto, tenor, bass, high to low, they're all there. In those moments when Rhea is distracted and joins in on the canine chorus, she is in her element tail wagging, body joyfully shaking, and rarely does she hear my voice. This behavior is not unique to our canine companions or to those who Jesus encountered along the way during his ministry or to those in the temple 2,000 years ago. All of us have been distracted at one time or another by outside temptations by outside noise, where we don't hear the voices of those around us and where our attention wanders off, away from where it should be. More than likely, each of us, children and adults, have been both on the receiving end and the giving end of being ignored or dismissed or just not heard. And we know from those experiences just how hurtful, lonely, negative, and destructive that can be. We live in a busy world that provides us with an endless supply of distractions, countless things that divert our attention from each other and from our relationship with God. Distractions that draw us away from God and make God's word more and more difficult to hear. Social media, smartphones, other technology, the pandemic, politics, relationships, work, money, you get the idea. All these things and so much more have the potential to distract us from healthy relationships with one another and with God. So where do you find yourself 
getting distracted today? Where do you find yourself getting distracted from hearing God's voice, God's word, today? 2,000 years ago, Jesus challenged the religious system so distracted by its own rules and traditions that they were not able to see God's presence in the world and hear God's word. A word that John describes like this. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and without him not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of the people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. That is the word. That is the voice we need to listen to. In the complexity of our world, Jesus calls you and me to simply listen to him, to hear his voice, to love God and love one another. The challenge for you and me is to not get distracted by outside noise that leads us astray from doing just that, from loving God and loving one another. God is still speaking today. God is always speaking, calling you and me to be instruments of kindness and healing, not, mean, not meanness and division, to listen, to understand, and not to judge, to speak the truth in love and grace, to see one another first and foremost as beloved children of God created in God's image. To see Christ in our neighbor, in the stranger, and that they see Christ in us. 2,000 years ago, Jesus upended our lives and challenged us to do things differently. Today, he is still speaking, calling you and me to be the body of Christ to those around us, so that our actions become the actions of Christ, our words become the words of Christ as we reach out and welcome the person who has no home or food to eat, as we reach out and welcome the addicted and mentally ill, as we reach out and welcome the marginalized, the grieving and the lonely, as we reach out and welcome the young and older, as we reach out and welcome the stranger. My dear brothers and sisters in Christ, God works through us, our actions and our words, every single day in order to shine God's light into the darkness of the world. Listen to him and don't get distracted. May your actions be a true reflection of God's light, of your heart your mind, and your faith in Christ Jesus. And may your words do the same. Let it be so. Amen.